It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am the host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. In your quest for a secure retirement, saving as much as possible into tax-sheltered accounts ensures more of your money stays in your hands instead of going to Washington, D.C. or Michigan or Indiana or any other state for that matter, except for Texas and Florida and uh, <laughs> South Dakota. But what if you're already maxing your contribution into your 401k? What other options are there? That answer and more on this episode of Wise Money. What about, do you have to pay your stimulus check back? I mean, that's that's a fair question. We've got a few other questions about Social Security and a few other things. We're going to get to those questions later on in the program. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us your question a few different ways. First, you can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us online. Uh, just go to thewisemoneyshow.com and you can submit a question right there on the right. You can also check out everything else on the website as well. And if you have needs for your individual situation, you can find the entire Corhorn family right there as well and all of the contact info. And then wherever you're at in social media, we are there as well. You can just search The Wise Money Show, follow us there, and you can leave questions there as well. We're getting a lot of questions submitted to the YouTube channel. And hey, good news about that. I get back to you. I get back to you pretty much the same day with whatever your question is. And then we throw it in the queue here to cover on the show. So leave your questions that way as well. Thank you very much. All right. So we're still in the midst of this confusing time, this this pandemic, but it's really also a financial and economic crisis as well. So this topic might seem a little out of context, but it is very applicable just depending on where you're at. And the big question is, when you're saving up for your long-term goals, because investing isn't a, a an end in itself, you're investing for a reason. That's why one of the reasons why we believe in comprehensive financial planning. Your investments are a section of your overall financial life, helping you reach financial peace and achieve your financial goals. But you want to do so in a very tax advantage, tax efficient way, because like Kevin said, you don't want Uncle Sam reaching their hand in and taking some of your hard earned money. So if you're maximizing your contributions into your 401k or 403b for tax sheltered reasons, what else can you be investing in and still in a tax favored way? What are your other options? I love this question, and I love the topic and the the mere concept of trying to max out your contributions, even in an economic crisis. You know, those who have the boldness and the courage to keep on contributing during a time when maybe you're not 100% certain what the future holds in your particular industry or your particular field or whatever, um, but you keep on keep on going with what you know is the long-term right action. And uh, it reveals a lot. People who reach out and say, hey, I want to actually be increasing my contributions during this time, it, it reveals a little bit about 
what your response to market volatility is? When the market fell sharply, was your knee-jerk reaction to try to scrape together some extra dollars and get it contributed? My mine, I just would tell you, my flesh was not. We we were on the air a month and a half ago, right as the crisis started, and we we talked about five responses to the stock market uncertainty. And I got to tell you, our very own Kevin Corhorn said. If you are saving into your 401k, you should increase your contributions right now. Try to max your contributions as soon as possible. And I just need to tell you, my brain said, yep. And my heart said, no way. I do not <laughs> want to do that. And, you know, we, my crystal ball is still broken. But, uh, you know, as of right now, that was absolutely the best advice. I love that advice because there are a lot of folks who have been in the pattern of maxing out their contributions to the retirement plan year after year. But there's nothing saying that you couldn't increase it even more and just max it out faster. Yeah. So you get your the the, con, the max contribution in early. And then what do you do? I mean, we're talking to that person. If that person bumped up their contributions uh, from, say, 10% to 15%, they're going to have it funded by August. Right. In August, now I got this chunk of money freed up. What do I do with it? And I, I love this conversation. Now, and I would just want to speak to you if you're saying, what do you mean? I, I can barely put enough money in to get the match. Awesome. Put enough money in to get the match. Yeah. This is Life is not graded on a curve. It's an absolute scale. So if someone else can max out their 401k and it has tons of money to spare, that should not make you either more happy or more miserable, Right. So don't compare what you're doing with anyone else. Look at your own situation and and be content in that. And if you're not content, do something about your situation. Yeah. But making someone who has resources have less resources will never make you happier. Yeah, that's true. And in my opinion, it could also be a time to be inspired by what other people are able yes. to do right now. Because this isn't the last bear market that you're going to live through. There's going to be other major buying opportunities in your life. And the question is, how will you respond at that time? Will you be in a financial position where you could go max out your 401k? And one more point on that. People are saying, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I don't really know if I should be putting money into my 401k at this time. Yes, you should. Yeah. Yes, when the stuff's on sale, that's when you should buy. All right, let's level the playing field to your contribution limit to the maximum. The maximum contribution to a 401k, 403b, and and depends on your income, right? But uh, but the the limits are 19,500 if you're younger than 50, and if you're 50 or older, it's 26,000. That is the limit. The limit is not a percentage of your pay. It used to be that way, 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 way back when, but there's still there's still that thinking. Some people say, well, I can only contribute to up to 25% of my pay. No, that's not true anymore, for, for the most part. Um, and a lot of people think the maximum I can, I can contribute is the amount up to get the full match. No, that's not it either. That's, that's, a, um, that's a partition in your thinking. That's a, you gotta have a paradigm shift. Yeah, you certainly wanna get the full, the full match. But the maximum contribution to get all the tax goodies and save as much as you can into this plan for retirement is nineteen five or twenty six thousand. Yeah, that's what the IRS says that you're allowed to contribute. And there's one more limitation that might apply to some people, and that's if your particular retirement plan at work has some sort of limitation in it itself. 
There are some of you that maybe are sales folks or upper level managers who are limited in your contributions based on the contributions of everybody else in the organization. So there, there are some folks who, unfortunately, they don't get to go all the way up to that 19,500 number that Mike was just sharing. They're limited to something smaller. Okay. Right. And not that this really matters, but there, if you don't have a safe harbor plan, you may be tested out and you actually might get some money back every year. Yeah, that's frustrating. So people. anyway, there, there, are, there are ways to, if you have questions about your retirement plan, <laughs> call us because we can help you with the design of that and get your plan document fixed. All right. So you've, uh, you've contributed the maximum by August. Mm-hmm. What's your very next go-to? Mine is the HSA. Mine is the HSA because the HSA health savings account is the rare, the rare instance. I believe it's the only one in the tax code where you get tax benefits going in pre-tax. It's growing tax-free if it's growing at all. And then you pull the money out for qualified reasons tax-free. That's the only plan that I know of that does that. Yeah, we've done entire shows about the health savings account and it doesn't apply to everybody. You have to be a part of the right type of health insurance plan through your employer or on your own through the marketplace. But if you have that one at your disposal, a lot of people think of a health savings account as just another reimbursement type account. It actually can be an investment vehicle as well. So that's the first place I'd look. Josh is right. It doesn't apply to everyone. If it applies to you, you got to consider it, but you got to change your thinking on this as opposed to just a reimbursement tool to an actual savings tool. My list, and I know Josh and Kevin, they have a list as well. I've got seven other things to consider after you max your 401k. So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Porhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you are saving the maximum amount that you possibly can into your 401k or 403b or whatever retirement plan you have at work, what's next? If you're still marching towards that retirement savings goal and you've got additional money to save up, where do you do so in a tax advantage way? We're running through our top list to help you take your next wise step today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. To catch the entire episode of this show and all previous shows, you'll find the Wise Money Show on podcast wherever you listen. Just go just go to wherever you, you uh, listen to podcasts and search the Wise Money Show. You'll find us there. Subscribe to it, rate the program, and even leave a comment below. We appreciate it. So, all right, we're talking about if you're saving the maximum amount into your 401k or 403b or whatever it is you have at work, what's next? What's the next best plan? And we already said, even in these tough times, very, very important to continue that habit of saving. So even if you're not maximizing the contributions, we just want to encourage you, keep saving during this time. Keep saving. And even if it's tight, maybe you can even save a little bit more if that's the right step in your financial life. But all right, let's keep going. We said... The HSA. That's the key, though, right right there. You gave the answer. It's what is the next right step in your financial life? It's according to your financial plan, right? Because there are some folks who, uh, to be maxing out your 401k, gets that that retirement goal handled. Mm -hmm. And to contribute more for retirement may be overkill. Who knows? 
it's still advice that you'll hear every financial professional give that you should keep on saving additional money. Um, Maybe it's for tax purposes. Maybe it's because it's a great buying opportunity. It could also just be for the sake of making sure you don't spend too much. If you earn a lot, you have the ability to spend a lot. But you also need to save a lot because someday when that income stops, you're going to have maybe a certain habit or a certain lifestyle baked in, and it's going to take a big sum of money. So this is, this is a really important topic. How do, you, how do you turn your attention from the retirement plan to the next tool? In my mind, it goes into probably the Roth IRA. What do you think would be next? Well, <laughs> my oh my. Um, I think... I'm thinking of the six areas of financial planning, and at the risk of repeating what you said, we're, we're, I'm wondering, are we talking, it, when people are listening, are you hearing retirement planning? Because if you're like, I'm not really concerned about retirement planning, the other area that, we, that this addresses is tax planning. Mm-hmm. So Mike went from the 401k at work, and I want to just talk to you, if you don't have a 401k at work, you don't have any retirement plan at all, there are ways, if you're self-employed, to set up your own. And that's something that a financial planner, make sure they're certified, can help you with. Um, And there are also IRAs. So you can do, just so everyone knows, you can do a 401k, and that bucket is big, and you can do an IRA. No matter who you are, you can fund both of those. I would, I when I, Mike said, go from 401k or retirement plan at work to HSA. Jashi says, go from the, the retirement plan at work to the HSA, I would say IRA. Traditional IRA or, or Roth? It, here's, it, it's quite possible it needs to be a traditional because I, if I can fully fund my retirement plan at work, I probably have a, an amount of income that might put me above the limit to fund a Roth IRA. So I would fund even when the even when the IRA contribution limit was two thousand dollars. We had folks, and we said fund it, fund it, put after tax money into that IRA. The tax deferral is so powerful for you and your financial situation that it will be worth it. And over time, what we've been able to do is separate out the earnings from the basis, and then take the the basis, the after tax basis and do a backdoor Roth IRA. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it does to me, but it just, that sounds <laughs> it like... It sounded like poetry to me. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> if that doesn't make any sense to you, contact your certified financial planner. I mean it. You know, obviously I'm joking here that it doesn't make any sense, but it, it really doesn't to the average person. It's like, what are you talking about? Really? It, it, listen, and, it is it is the beautiful game. They, they the, Some people say... Football, or as we call soccer, is the beautiful game. And I am declaring financial planning is the beautiful game. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to figure out the right step for you. And and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you, Kevin. If you're eligible to contribute dollars directly into the Roth IRA, I'd probably put that ahead. But contribute to an IRA, the, the right one for you, whether that's Roth or traditional, I think would be next. Why do you yeah. lean towards the Roth over the traditional? Because I want to argue with Kevin. <laughs> no, Good no. Answer. if you can, for sure, do it, maybe. But this is where it, you, this is, this is why your tax plan has to work with your investment plan and your retirement plan yeah. and your present financial position. So that's, that's, that's four of the six area, the six areas of CFP right there. 
So but if you're if you're someone who's watching what's going on right now in this environment and the kind of money that's being borrowed and the kind of money that's being printed, you may be thinking to yourself, man, someday we're going to pay for this. And no, someday you may be thinking, I'm probably moving to yeah. uh, Costa Rica or some <laughs> right. island nation someday. Now, if, if you believe that the tax picture in this country might get more painful in the future than it is right now, then the Roth IRA should be one of your best friends. Because the, the bigger the pool of money that you have that you can draw off of in retirement down the road when you have no tax bill attached to that money, that is such a powerful tool. And unfortunately, not enough people are utilizing it. I was having a good day until you talked about taxes in the future. <laughs> Jeez. Golly. So after the IRA or the Roth, here's, here's one out of left field. I'd put it next, your spouse's 401k if they're not maxing it. Um, your financial life, if you're married, it is your financial life. You guys are together. You are together. It's your household. And oftentimes, I don't know, guys, if you've seen this as well, oftentimes as we're counseling couples on their financial strategies, financial wisdom, um, one might be maximizing, but the other person maybe is just working part-time or whatever, and they're putting in a chunk, but they their income is less, so they're think, I can't, I, I can't, I'm not able to max this thing out. No, 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 your income, it's all coming into the same pot. It's all coming into the family. And so if there's extra dollars to be saving up, let's just have both of you max out your 401k. That's right. And a family with two incomes that are capable of maxing out the 401k, to Kevin's point, you're probably in a high enough tax bracket that that's a pretty attractive tax savings by utilizing the spouse's plan as well. Yeah, a lot of times the one of the spouses in that scenario, it's not uncommon, one spouse that might make a lot of money and the other spouse doesn't. And so they think, well, in order for the spouse that's not making as much money to have some money, um, we probably should be careful about how much they put into the retirement plan. No, zero out that paycheck. If you if you have the resources, zero out the 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 lower earning spouse's paycheck, and put it all in the retirement plan. Um, if you're a business owner, you you may want to, and your wife uh, or husband don't work outside the home, you might want to put them on payroll if you can justify that, and uh, get them maxing out. You know, a scenario where we've really leaned heavily on both spouses' retirement plans in the past is when maybe you receive an inheritance, uh, a pool of money that is it's after-tax money, already been taxed, you receive it, and it gives you the ability to suddenly start cranking up those retirement plan contributions to a level that you've never been able to do before. Now, all of a sudden, you can max it out. The tax savings to you could be pretty powerful. I. I, I absolutely agree. And I think about, you know, your financial advisor, your certified financial planner delivers at least three things. I mean, it's all wrapped into financial wisdom is really what it is, but it's, it's clarity, confidence, and creativity. And this is the creativity that I think a lot of people are probably lacking if they're doing it themselves or not working with the CFP. So we've got a couple more things on our list. And then I want to hit further what Kevin said. What if you don't have a 401k at work? What do you do? So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Can you put after-tax money into your 401k? 
Well, that's a silly question. Why would you even want to do that even if you could? Well, we'll tell you in just a second. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is right there on the Wise Money YouTube channel. You get the entire episode, every past episode, you get bonus content and daily financial nuggets, next wise steps that you need to take in your financial life. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to that channel, turn on notifications and give us that thumbs up. We appreciate that. All right, we're, we're wrapping up the conversation of if you're contributing the maximum amount to your 401k or 403b or retirement plan at work, what do you turn to next if you still have some more dollars to be saving towards that retirement goal? So what else is on the list, guys? Well, in, in the uh, last segment, we were talking about whether or not you should contribute to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Anyone can contribute to a traditional IRA. It doesn't matter how big your income is, how wealthy you are. Anyone can contribute, but not everyone gets a tax write-off for doing so. And when, when your income's too high, you, you can still contribute, but you just it's considered an after-tax contribution. So you've already paid tax on that money. Now it's invested, and it's growing, but it, you'll eventually pay tax on that growth unless you do something called a Roth conversion. And so often, you know, it's a, it's a strategy to get money into this after-tax IRA. It doesn't give you any upfront benefit, but it positions money into an account that could then be converted into a Roth IRA, which you've heard us talk about all the time. You can even do similar strategies within your 401k. Those after-tax contributions there are also pretty powerful. If, if you've already done all that and you still have goals that you're trying to achieve, directing money towards things like 529 plans. In, in Indiana, we love the Indiana plan because it offers you a tax credit for the first 5000 that you contribute. And that, that translates into $1,000 staying in your pocket instead of going uh, to, the, to the tax man. Not only that, that's, that's powerful, but the 529 plan is also growing tax deferred. And if you're helping with college, then you pull those dollars out, those gains come out tax-free. And if, if, you're the, if you're the financial situation where you're trying to save up as much as possible and avoid Uncle Sam's hand getting, uh, getting too grabby, then that that tax deferral is very meaningful to you as well. So didn't what you, else? Didn't you guys see that? College is canceled forever. Oh, don't. No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> or it's going to be Just free Jackson. to these, this group of people or this group of people. My goodness. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Say, save us. Kevin, what yeah, else is okay. on your list? I've got a couple. So um, Josh said after tax 401k. I like that because if I put if, if I think I may be leaving this company at some point in time, that's a great way to hedge my bets. So I've got some after-tax money in in my 401k. When I if I do leave the company, I roll that out, and I've got a little bit of a nest egg that I can touch with with no problem. Or you can put it directly in your Roth. Right. Have a grow tax. So forever. we we separate things between qualified and non-qualified. It's it to just to confuse Tax people jargon, and create right. some jargon um, and make people feel like there's no way they can figure any of this stuff out. So that <laughs> so that means basically when you say qualified, it means I get some sort of tax benefit for putting the money in this account. I think that's qualified. And then non-qualified is, no, I just open up an account. Um, the easiest way, a non-qualified account's a savings account, right? right? I got a savings account. You can open a brokerage account or any kind of non-qualified account. You can save there. Um, there are a few other things you could do. You could pay additional on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm talking to folks right now, and they're saying, hey, what's what's the play here? What's the What's a smart thing to do? Well, before you did any of this, you were making sure that your cash reserves were adequate and, and sufficient. But this might be a good time. I We don't know how long this is going to go, but there may be some opportunities. There was a time in two, between 2010 and 2012 when the banks were loaded up on real estate that they had foreclosed on, and they were giving it away. Uh, I continue to read articles about the people that loaded up on Airbnb houses, and when Airbnb was a thing and it actually worked, um, <laughs> they could they could pay their mortgages. Yeah. But now they can't pay their mortgages, and so beware if if you have a plan that works when everything works that might not be a great plan you 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 might want to have a contingency that that in the event that not everything works and people say well if i i wouldn't i wouldn't have a business plan that had a, the contingency of a global pandemic and a worldwide recession recession in baked into the plan that's true but you need to be able to pivot for those yeah. people that aren't going to pivot they're going to be losing and when you play monopoly the houses go back to the bank at half yeah. what you paid for them. Kuiper's teaching me that right now. Right <laughs> um, okay, so I, all of this needs to be wrapped in, I mean, we need to start with comprehensive financial planning because you truly need to find out how much do you need to be saving to reach your retirement goal. And then you find out where are the best places to save that money. And so just make sure you don't get the cart before the horse. It is fun and exciting to be saving at times. Um, and it's probably one of the most important financial habits that you have, but don't get the cart before the horse. Make sure you're doing comprehensive financial planning. Well, and keep in mind also that once you've made that decision on what your goal is, how you're going to be saving for it, you have to begin investing as well. And there are a lot of, a lot of people whose confidence has been completely shaken right now Maybe this is your first bear market that you've ever lived through and you had no idea that it could be this sharp of a decline. Uh, nobody did, actually. But uh, these things pass and these are temporary declines. And it's important, even in this environment, to, to not look at your Roth IRA or your 401k and say, man, that was a crummy investment. No, the, these tools are not an investment themselves. They're just a bucket for you to pile money into for the long term and then make some great financial decisions with the investments inside. If you're not confident in the investment decisions that you've been making in those accounts, maybe it's time for you to seek an extra set of eyes, get an outside opinion, someone who can help make sure maybe those investments you've selected are the perfect ones actually for your goal. They're the perfect funding mechanism. They just happen to be down right now. Yeah. And that's where you can borrow the courage or the confidence of a professional who can help steer you through this storm. So really quickly here, Kevin has already sort of brought it up, but if that's the list, if you have a 401k or 403b or, or a retirement plan through work, simple IRA, what if you don't? What if you don't have that starting block there? And if you own a small business, you can start your own plan. Work with the CFP to get that started. Um, but, but can I change my answer? I mean, if you don't have, if you don't own a small business and you don't have a 401k at work, I don't think I would start with the HSA. Just because it's so stinking tempting and easy to dip your hands in there and then you're pulling money out. And it's not, it's, although it's very possible here with KFG, um, 
it's not typically not very easy to invest in HSA. Uh, you can do so with us. We can take care of you. Um, I think I'd start with the IRA, the Roth or traditional, whichever makes the most sense in your situation, if you don't have a 401k available to you at work. And even if there's just one of you working, as long as your household, if you're married, your household has 12000 in income or 14000 if you're 50 plus, you can fund the the one for the person working and you can fund one for your spouse as well. And a lot of times there's con- some confusion about that because yeah. you say, well, I can I can do 7000 but my spouse uh, who doesn't work outside the house can't do that. And you say, nope, you can both do it. And and then I would typically then go back down that list. It's it's IRA, so it's traditional or Roth. And then I'd probably do HSA. Then you're probably looking at um, at, at funding an individual account. But again, you're looking at your entire financial life, all six areas wrapped together to see what do you need to do to reach your goals. A lot of people struggle with saving 15% into retirement if they don't have a 401k, but there are options. Work with your CFP to get there. All right, we've got some great questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Can I contribute money into an IRA if I'm on Social Security? That sort of fits into the topic that we've already been talking about. Got that answer coming up. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, as always, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. You can follow all of the content for Wise Money anywhere you're at on social media. You'll find us. Just search The Wise Money Show. Follow us there. Like us there. Leave comments there and all of that. And then you can also just find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. You can leave questions right there. Every episode's right there on an online media player you can listen to while you're at work, quote unquote, Working from home, no, focus, get 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 your work done. But every episode's right there as well. And then all the other content, you want to check out the team at KFG, you want to reach out to us because you've got personal needs, we can help. You'll find us right there as well. So wisemoneyshow.com. All right, we are going to transition to questions from fans of the show. First one comes from a fan in Mill Creek, and uh, here's, uh, here's what they asked. Do you have to pay the stimulus check that you received back? My family received a total of $3,400. We just have it sitting in the bank because we're thinking we're going to need to pay that money back. Isn't this the number one fear with the government giving you something? There's always this fear that there's a gotcha attached to it or some sort of strings attached, like it's some sort of a loan or something, or you can enjoy it for a little while, but you'll pay for it in the end. Uh, Thankfully, this truly is a tax credit that's going to apply to your 2020 tax return. And if it turns out that the government sent you a check that you really weren't going to be eligible for in 2020, the word is they're not going to make you pay it back. I, when I first heard this, I thought, no, they'll, they'll take it back. I mean, this is the government for crying out loud. And then they came out and said they weren't going to. Now, I trust them as far as I can throw them. <laughs> but uh, but they, say that, they say that you're not going to have to pay it back. So um, now, is keeping it in the bank uh, a good? good choice for you? Well, it might be a safe choice right now, 
because if they get if they do something screwy or change some of the tax laws, you've got the dollars right there. But I would tell you, talk to your certified financial planner to find out if that's the right place for it. But to the immediate concern, do we have to pay it back? The current answer is no. Now, let's take a let's twist this a little bit because I, I had this question just come to me yesterday. I believe I know the answer, but my goodness, rules are changing every day. 20, in 2019, I we faced some tough economic cir- circumstances. We took some money. Now, this isn't me. This is, a, this is a, a client that reached out. Took some money out of our IRA, so our, our AGI was $200,000. Didn't get a stimulus check. Will I get it in 2020 when I file my, or when I, will I get it next year when I file my tax return? I'm saying that answer is yes. It's yeah, a 2020 tax that's credit. That's my understanding. Yeah. It'll be captured on this year's tax return if it turns out that you are eligible and that your income's not too high based on those thresholds that they they set. They're just looking backwards at your 2018 or 2019 return to decide who they're going to proactively send the money to. Um, if, If you didn't get a proactive check here in the spring dropped into your bank account, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get one eventually if you ultimately are eligible. Yeah, and this this brings up all kinds of amazing questions. One that we're dealing with right now is, my dead relative received a stimulus check. What yeah. what what should we do with that? Yeah, and um, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin uh, says. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I sometimes think going through the world with the last name of Corhorn is a challenge. But it, it, start your name with an M and then go right to N. Mnuchin. So anyway, uh, he, so what do you do with the, so all these things? But I think can, can if, if we had, to Josh's point, you that money is yours. Use that money. The top five things, what, were, what are the top five things we do with that money? Here's what I would do. I'd make sure that my cash reserves are in place. Mike just said in the bonus content, he was talking about a scenario where um, there are some drastic cuts going through at a, a big employer in the area. Um, so pay cuts and other things. And if the pay cuts don't work, they're going to start cutting people and they'll yeah. cut them permanently. And this happened in 2008 and nine, where the businesses that survived were the businesses that were nimble and were willing to make the changes that it took to be able to survive. That means the individuals need to be nimble, right? And so, so, yeah. Right. So this money should help you increase your nimbility. Well said. And, okay, so go back to the de- deceased person received the check. Mnuchin says what? He says... Um, you should return it to the feds. But, and I'm assuming that's the likely answer, but I'm also assuming that there are lots of people that are going to cash that check, baby. Here, here's the thing. That, that sounded like a suggestion from him. And so I thought, well, <laughs> no, no thanks. But here's where I think the gotcha is. When you file a tax return, you actually have to put in the date of death. And, right. and my guess is if it's probably already out there and I just haven't seen it. Um, but if you, if you passed away at this date or after 
and we and you got a check, we're taking it back. Well, they've got record of that, even as disorganized uh-huh. as they yeah. are, and so they will they will do a recapture. It's my it, guess. It, no, 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 it no, doesn't no. seem any no. different than a social security check landing in a deceased person's bank account. And yank it the, back. the two weeks after I, I, that I, money gets paid back too. Sure, but what I'm saying is, if I filed an 18 tax return, I died in 19. My tax, my my final tax return, oh. di- didn't get filed for nineteen, so they're basing it on my eighteen. Um, hey, but, that's but like, remember this is a twenty twenty credit. Yeah, but there's and you weren't alive in twenty twenty. Yeah, but there's okay. going to be no twenty twenty recapture because you're done. I, that sounds like finding uh, finding a twenty in the in the old jeans there. <laughs> I, you might have just found some money. I think so. I yeah. think so, and and you know, but but here's the thing: we uh, we got to move on here. But but when they when they push this stimulus through, I we were saying there is so much bureaucracy, there's so much complexity. We live in a complex system. There's so much complexity. I don't know how they're going to facilitate this so quickly, and they did, and we knew it was going to be rife with errors. And I actually think they've handled the errors pretty well, um, all things considered. There's been a bunch, and if you're on the wrong side of it, you might disagree with what I just said. But, but this is one that hey, the the error uh, fell in your favor. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so the top. Can we just do the speed round of the top five things to do with your stimulus? So, make sure your cash reserves are right. You want to have adequate cash reserves. This might encourage you as you're looking at your budget to say, hey, we've got enough money to pay the rent, we've got enough money to pay the mortgage, we've got enough money to pay whatever we need to pay for a, a season here. Number two, I would pay down your highest interest debt with some or all of it. And that's after I've got my cash reserve right. I would look at my debt snowball. If you don't have one, Google debt snowball. And it ha- contact us, contact your CFP. Yeah, contact your CFP, absolutely. Get some, get some creativity going in your financial life. Number three, I would uh, fund anything that's not funded. You could listen to the first three segments of the show to get an idea, but retirement plan at work, IRA, HSA, 529, da 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 Go ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave all the answers and then said, here, go ahead, try to add something. <laughs> Sheesh, that's as bad okay. as Mike. <laughs> Taking the best answer and then saying, here, you can have the scraps. I think I I would say the rest just depends on your overall financial life. I mean, if you're, you got to look at maybe funding the 529 plan a little bit. You got to look at, um, you know, paying down mortgage. Yeah, I mean, just depends on your financial situation. I had a pretty inspiring client recently say, because we help them get the stimulus or or get these uh, recovery checks um, by just being careful in the way that we we, uh, file their returns. And she was so excited because now she could help her neighbor who was going to be out of work and was struggling financially. And she she thought, okay, uh, we have some projects that we could hire him to help out with or or whatever. So even looking beyond your own balance sheet or your own financial life, there there are some people who are using this money to just do some good. And that's (laughs) it's. Refreshing. That is refreshing. I can contrast that with some family friends who said, "Sweet, we have enough money to buy a Peloton." <laughs> All right, let's. So, so we're gonna transition to uh, a question that Bert left on the website um, is a, a while back, but but oh, so good. So, if I start drawing Social Security at age sixty-two, but I keep working, 
can I lower my taxable income by contributing to an IRA or 401k or other retirement account to avoid paying the penalty for being over the allowable income amount for Social Security? Wow. Wow. I, that, Bert, what a great question. And it almost warrants being the headliner topic on a future program. I think it might because there's yeah. a lot here. A lot of topics related to that one. A lot of people don't realize that if you begin drawing Social Security before your full retirement age, whatever that is based on when you were born, say it's age 66 right now, um, if, if you start Social Security too early, you're now limited in the amount that you can earn before the government starts pulling back, clawing back some of your Social Security benefits. And early retirement age begins at age 62 for most people. It can be even as early as age 60 if you've lost your spouse and you're drawing off of theirs. But this limitation on your income, um, it, it's, it's based on your gross wages. So the amount that you're earning from your paycheck, yes, you absolutely can contribute to a 401k or to a traditional IRA. And yes, that will save you money in taxes, but it will not have an impact on this penalty calculation that the government's doing. Right. And that's when you look at your W-2, that's where you want to look at the different boxes because then you look at box one and box three and box five, seven, 10, 14, <laughs> 72. Yeah, the first two. Yeah. But right. So you want to look at those boxes because that's that's where, and it's very confusing because we were, I was talking with a client about this this week and we were talking about ordinary income and capital gains because the different types and kind of character of income. And she had no idea what we're talking about because it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So this is where, because it would be logical if I make above a certain amount, then my social security is being uh, brought back or clawed back. And you say, well, all right, if I make above a certain amount, but put it into a retirement plan, I just brought the amount that I made down. Well, kind of yes, but no. Right. Yeah. And and the IRA for sure isn't going to help there. But, you know, this is something, Bert, I mean, you, you're showing some some real uh, awareness here because you're talking about the penalty. Oftentimes people confuse early Social Security with penalty and tax. They confuse those two. Those are right. two different things. And, and I actually just made a note. I, I do think I'm going to add that to the list of future headliner topics because you got to be aware of both of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I and I was just working with a client who said, hey, I'm 62. I'm laid off. I'm just going to retire. I'll go work for myself and draw Social Security. I'm like, well, look, oh, you, you, you just defeated the purpose. I mean, if you're drawing Social Security and you're going to go work for yourself and make 50 or 60 grand, it's not going to work. That, that's exactly right. Helped a lot of people in that situation. So thanks for the question, Bert. And uh, all right, that is all the time we have for today. I hope that was helpful. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.